TheCoalition.com, the Urban Gamer's Guide. What's up? This is Gary A. Swaby from thecoalition.com. I'm here with one of our newer uh, writers from the site. Uh, his name is David. David, introduce yourself. Let the people know what you've been up to. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm pretty new here. You might have seen some of my stuff recently. I'm uh, David Jag now, if you're wondering how to pronounce my last name. Uh, you know, I'm just happy to be involved with this great website and get started on this new podcast. Cool, cool, and um, you know this podcast is um, is basically going to be our RPG podcast. This is something I've been wanting to do for a very long time because, um, as a lot of you know, I'm heavily into role playing games, and uh, you know the co op is kind of a mix of different games, so I don't really get to go into full detail on on you know the games that I love and stuff like that. So you know I've been wanting to do a podcast focused on on RPGs for a while now, uh, just so I could talk about these games more in depth. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there who are into these type of games, so um, you know, hopefully, you know, sometime we can get you guys on as guests as well to discuss certain games. Um, it's going to be me and David the majority of the time. Uh, but sometimes it might just be me alone or me with a guest or, you know, maybe even David by himself. So we'll see how things work out. Um, this show, yeah, this show is gonna, it's gonna be a bi-weekly podcast as well. So it's not weekly, it's every two weeks. So yeah, make sure you subscribe and you'll get the show when it comes out. Why don't we, uh, tell them where the name came from? Oh yeah, um, I'd like to thank Carl Daniel for that. Um, yeah, he, he basically came up with the name while we were brainstorming on Skype. Uh, we had, we had like a couple names we was thinking of. Um, we was brainstorming for a name for a very long time. Turn-based, just, it just fit. Wouldn't you agree? Yep, I agree 100% with that. There were, uh, it's unfortunate because I know when we first started brainstorming, there were a couple ideas that were already taken. Of course, you know, the best ideas are taken already, but I think we, we definitely got one that suits well for us, and you know everyone's going to read it and know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's our basic introduction of the show. We're going to first get into what we've been playing lately, just to give you guys an idea of the type of games we play. So uh, David, why don't you go ahead and say what you've been playing recently? All right, well, most recently I've actually been playing a lot of older games on Super Nintendo and stuff, so some of those are definitely fresh in my mind right now. But other RPGs, mostly on the computer, I've been playing uh, Divinity 2, the Dragonite Saga. It's a pretty good one. It's a 3D, third-person action RPG, kind of similar to, I guess, any of the gothic games, if you're familiar with those. Um, yeah. It's not necessarily open world. It's more of a separate areas that you progress through, but each one, each area is very large. So it kind of has the appeal of an open world game, but it's also linear in the fact that you progress through one big story. Um, I like it a lot, though. It's very good. It's a sequel to a lot of 
top-down RPGs that were on the computer. I think there were two of them before this. So it's a little bit of a departure from the past, but it's definitely a good game. Okay, I've been meaning to um, check that game out because um, I hear it's really good. One of our guys, Richard Bailey, he's uh, often on the co-op podcast. Uh, he's He had the Xbox 360 version, I believe, of uh, Divinity 2, and he really didn't like it. Um, but I've been... A lot of people have been recommending Divinity 2 to me on on the PC, so uh, I think sometime I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, I've heard that the 360 version suffers from lower frame rate, inventory management's not as good, it's not as polished, it has a lot of glitches the PC version doesn't have. This new edition also includes the expansion, as well as improved graphics, so, you know, the def- like the definitive Divinity, it was hard to say, collection is uh, definitely the one on the PC that you want to get. Alright, oh, I'm, I mean, I'm a big Dragon Age fan, so uh, would you say it's like more along uh, the Dragon Age line of things, or is it, you know, more, um, I was going to say gothic, but it's not open world. Um, I don't know, what, what, would you, what other game would you compare it to? What other style of RPG? I think I would definitely compare it to probably the gothic series. It's different than okay. Dragon Age because... Dragon Age, first of all, has a party system. In this one, you're just one player. The combat's a lot more tactical in Dragon Age. Oh, right, there's okay. more dialogue options. There's it's it's very different. This one's more action. Is it is it like the is it like because I think in Gothic you are uh, you kind of bash one button for the combat, right? Am I right? Uh, I played a bit of Gothic two. Haven't gotten around to one or three very much, but the combat's sort of like that. It's it's a little bit slower pace and more tactical. Not okay. not 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 really tactical in the sense of Dragon Age where there's pausing, but the combat's a little bit more difficult. This one's sort of more it's very similar to how an MMO would play out, where you have like your attack button, then all your skills are on the number keys, stuff like that. Okay. That sounds good. I definitely think I've gotta check that out. I might download the demo on Steam sometime. Definitely. Uh, what else have you been playing? Uh, that's pretty much it, because, uh, you know, finals okay. and everything, I haven't had a whole lot of time. I want to try out the... I want to try out Rift, that new MMO. I downloaded the demo for that. I'm going to give that a shot, the trial. Oh, yeah. I, I, that looks pretty good. So, yeah, definitely tell me what you think of it if you get around to playing it. As far as what I've been playing, well, we all know I'm a big Dragon Age fan. And, you know, I've been playing Dragon Age 2 somewhat this week. Uh, this is, like, my third playthrough. And um, I'm playing as a female this time, you know, just to see how it's kind of different. And, um, yeah, you know, I really like that game. Um, I also bought Mountain Blade uh, Warband. And oh, yeah. Yeah, th- this was a recommendation from David and um, my friend, Mr. AKQ. Um, and... It was a really good recommendation. Uh, it's pretty addictive. I like how it's got real-time strategy elements in there as well. Um, you know, I mean, it's. Just, I just like the way how you you can you're on your own journey and you can you can dominate the whole you know the whole empire if you want to. So yeah, yeah, it's very very open. It's uh, probably... You, it's like, you you know, it's a game that you play in your own way, you know? Exactly. 
And uh, there's so many mods out there as well to just customize it to your taste. So, yeah, I'm really loving that game. I haven't tried the new one yet. Have you? I have not tried that one yet. Okay, uh, Mr. AKQ, he's played the new one. Um, so one day we might bring him on and see what he thinks of it. But um, that's been pretty much it, really. Yeah, as far as what I've been playing. So uh, we're gonna get into the news now. To start off with, we're gonna talk about the Square Enix situation. Uh, the boss. Hopefully, I pronounced this what right. Yoichi Wada. Uh, he's been speaking on the the financial loss for Square Enix this year, and he's kind of blaming it on Final Fantasy XIV and console games. Um, basically, his comments on Final Fantasy XIV were that they you know they spent too much on development time and you know it, it cost them a lot, and revamping it will take them like one or two years. So. I guess he feels like, you know, they put so much into it and they haven't really got a return from it. I mean, are you are you into Final Fantasy games at all or any of Square Enix's titles? Oh, definitely. The older Final Fantasy games, I love those. I think Final Fantasy X is probably one of the best traditional RPGs I've ever played in my life. Uh, I haven't gotten around to playing any of them past ten, but definitely like the old series. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I think Square Enix have been kind of falling off. They've kind of um, lost touch of what made the franchise great. And um, as far as Final Fantasy XIV, I think it's a huge waste of time anyway. Um, I don't think they should do online games. I think they should kind of um, stay away from it. Because from what I've heard, it's, you know, it's a really bad game. And uh, they, um, Don't they still support Final Fantasy XI as well? I think they, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, how do you have two MMOs running in the same universe? I mean, not really the same universe because every Final Fantasy is different, but, I mean, yeah. come on. And that's that's costing them, too, to keep that running, right? Yeah. So, But, I mean, I think they kind of need to, you know, stay away from the online thing a bit because from what I've been hearing from other sources, the game is, is barely playable. Like, a lot of people are saying it's just unplayable. And I think they just kind of need to... Um, you know, revamp the series and kind of reinstate that magic that Final Fantasy was all about. You know, because thirteen was just horrible compared to you know the old games. So mm-hmm. uh, they they've kind of lost touch of what Final Fantasy is really about. So I agree. Yeah. Any any more thoughts on this before we move on? Oh uh, no, not really concerning Final Fantasy fourteen. I think next we're gonna talk about Chrono Trigger though, right? Speaking of old Enix. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and Square I should say. Go ahead and take the lead on this one. Cause I barely know anything about this. Okay. Well um I'm sure most of most of the listeners out there are aware of the game Chrono Trigger. It's a very classic, very loved RPG debut on the SNES. Since then it has seen many reincarnations it's been released with final fantasy 4 on a combo disc for the ps1 it's been it had a remake on the ds as well it's uh, also going to be coming soon to the wii virtual console as well as the psn uh a few weeks ago the esrb released a rating for chrono trigger rated it i believe it was t because there was comic violence as they put it uh for the psn and or for the ps3 and psp so 
you know it's coming there as well. And, uh, I mean, I don't have a problem with this. It's one of the best games ever made. It, you know, a lot of people didn't get a chance to play it. It's, uh, you know, very difficult to come by for the SNES. It's probably pretty hard to find for the PS1. Most people probably have to play it on ROMs. So I think a game like this, just coming to bigger audience, is always a good thing. Yeah, I, I never played this game, but um, what what type of game is it? Like, how does it play exactly? Ah, uh, well... It's it's a little hard to explain because there isn't really a game that has a combat system like this. It's an RPG, you know, you control uh, the main character, you have a party, it's a silent protagonist, and what happens is, um, I'm not going to spoil the story or anything, but you travel through time, various different time periods within the same area, so you get to ch- see how that area changes based on decisions you make in the past and how it affects it in the future, you get to see sort of how it changes with time. Uh, the combat system itself is a hybrid of turn-based and real-time in that whenever you... You can see all the enemies on the map. So if you see an enemy, it'll initiate combat. And then once combat is initiated, you're free to move around within the zone where the battle takes place. And then you can initiate attacks. Another cool thing about the combat system is that you, there are team-based attacks... So let's say your main character is on the left side of the screen. He wants to start a team attack, uh-huh. but the second player or the second character isn't close enough to initiate it. They have to get close enough together in real time in order to do the attack, and then it initiates. And so uh-huh. then you have like separate meters that have to fill up before you can attack again. So there's sort of a layer of strategy. You can have you um, have you played uh, Resonance of Fate before? I haven't gotten a chance to play that. I hear that the combat's pretty cool in that as well. Yeah, it, the the way you're describing it kind of makes me think of that. Kind of sounds similar to that. Yeah, one thing that's really great about Chrono Trigger is that there are so many endings, especially considering that it was a release on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. I believe there are over 20 different endings to the game. Oh wow, that's and then that's yeah, and they're all very different. Like after you play it one way, you can go back and replay it a different way. I hear there's one way that you can play it a second or third time where you have to fight the final boss like four or five different times because of the way the time zones interact. See, they they need to make um, RPGs complex like that today, man, because that sounds pretty good. Like, I mean, it just adds more replay value to the game. I mean, there are a lot of um, RPGs out there that kind of, you know, the, the ending changes based on the decisions you make, but, I mean, 20 different endings, like, that's... That's a lot of replay value right there. Yeah, if you can look past the graphics, then this is definitely a game you gotta play. Alright, cool. And uh, moving on to the next topic, um, Mass Effect 3 has been delayed. The game was scheduled for release this year, but instead it's coming out quarter 1, 2012. I, I was kind of expecting this a little bit because, I mean, they dropped Dragon Age 2 this year, and they seem like a, a one-game-a-year type of, you know, company. So um, I was kind of expecting them to move that. And plus, there's a lot of competition out this year. So Oh, yeah. I mean, in the fall, there's going to be a lot of heavy hitters dropping. So, you know, it's a good move, I think. I mean, it's bad for the people who are waiting for the game. But, you know, I think it's a, it's a good move for them to move it to next year. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. Uh, have you have you even played the Mass Effect games yet? 
Unfortunately, I'm going to admit this. I have not had a chance to play any of them. Part of this is because I switched to PS3 before I had a chance to play any of them, and I haven't gotten around to buying them on the PC yet. So. Okay, well, I mean that's understandable. Um, but you know, definitely try them out someday because you know you're missing out on a lot. I mean, it's a it's a great game. One of my favorite games of this generation. Um, that and Dragon Age, you know, um. um I I put a lot of faith in Bioware. You know, they're oh, yeah. definitely they're definitely one of my favorites. But um, I mean, you know, Dragon Age Two they kind of messed it up a little bit. But I mean, Mass Effect Three I think they kind of see Mass Effect as their baby. So I I think you know they're gonna I think they're gonna do good with Mass Effect Three. I got faith in them. Oh yeah, I mean, they're, if you're gonna have faith in a developer, might as well be Bioware. Yeah. Uh, you just gotta look at their track record. And uh, moving on to the next topic, APB original creator Dave Jones, formerly uh, Reality Pump, is on board for APB Reloaded. So, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Since I'm unfamiliar with that. Yeah, sure. It's a uh, All Points Bulletin. It was a third-person sort of uh, shooter MMORPG that was supposed to be like Grand Theft Auto meets. MMO, basically. Uh, what happened is it did not really turn out the way they had planned, and I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but I think it might have one of the top ten, or I should say bottom ten, worst lifetimes of any MMO ever made. I'm pretty sure it lasted less than a month. I could be wrong. I think it was um, like um, a couple months, I think. Okay, maybe a couple months, okay. Yeah. And I know they lost a lot of money on it. Uh, yeah. A lot of people were excited, though, because this Dave Jones guy, he helped on the original Grand Theft Auto, the first Crackdown. I mean, he was supposed to, you know, supposed to be a really good game, and I guess it had a lot of potential, so this, um, it, someone it, else picked it, it up. It had a lot of potential, because, um, yeah. I, remember, I remember when I first heard about this game, and I was getting excited, because, you know, the idea was just so awesome, and then, um, you know, I went to, to, to um, E3 in 2009, and, you know, um, we got to see a presentation of this game. You know, we got to see it, how you make the character, you know, things you can do in the game and stuff like that. And I was just super excited for it at that point. But I, I don't know where where it went wrong, man. I just don't know. Uh, yeah. I never had a chance to try it, so I'm not too sure either. But um, I guess they're uh, someone picked it up and they're going to re-release it as a free-to-play model uh, under the name of APB Reloaded. And apparently Dave Jones has gotten on board for this, but he's sort of a minor, just like, advisory role. He's not going to be directly sort of involved in the development, just sort of advising on his intake, which which might be better for him. Okay, um, so this guy, um, Dave Jones, what, what are his main credentials? Uh, from what I've read, he was involved in the original Grand Theft Auto as well as Crackdown. Oh. So... That's definitely two good games, especially considering the type of game APB is, but I guess it didn't translate well to the MMO field for him. Okay, well, you know, hopefully that will be a good look for them, because, um, I mean, free-to-play, that is kind of, you know, it, it's it's kind of inviting, you know, to get more people involved, so... Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it'll work out the second time. Okay, um, so moving on to the next topic, Joe Wood closes. So again, I'm going to pass it over to David to speak on this a little bit. Yeah, uh, Joe Wood Productions. They are behind series like uh, The Settlers, which I believe is sort of a fantasy 
RPG slash RTS, uh, The Guild, which is another one like that. Uh, they're behind Arx Fatalis, which was an older game that came out on Xbox and PC. It's a first-person RPG. And they're also, of course, behind the Gothic series. It was very popular over in Germany. It's never really been that popular here, but they're all really good games. And apparently they've uh, closed their doors. And so it's kind of sad to see a company with a really good following like this go. Oh, wow. Do, do we know what led up to that? Or? Uh, I, I'm not too familiar on exactly what led up to this. I'm guessing it has something to do with just finances, especially following Gothic 3. They, the game was not really received very well. It was very buggy. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's a producing company, so just, you know, anything could have led up to this, but it's just really unfortunate to see something like this happen. Okay, yeah, we definitely got to bring on uh, Mr. AKQ one day to speak on this, because uh, I, know, I know he's played the Gothic games, and uh, he kind of told me that he, he didn't like Gothic 3, so I'm sure mm-hmm. he can shed some insight on, you know, what went wrong here. Alright, so we're going to move on to our second segment, and uh, this segment is called Spotlight, and this is where, you know, we're going to choose, you know, where every, every episode we're going to choose a game, you know, a certain RPG, and we're just going to analyze it, you know, we're going to speak on what makes it good, what makes it bad, um, our experiences with it, you know, that sort of thing. We are, we are both big Elder Scrolls fans. Um, we're really looking forward to Skyrim, which we will also be talking about later on. Um, so, you know, we decided that this week's spotlight would be, um, about Elder Scrolls Oblivion. So, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, um, trying to remember which year that came out. Was it, um, 2006? That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, when did you begin to fall in love with this game and what made you fall in love with it? Pretty much right when it came out. I had been following this game uh, for months leading up to its release. I played Morrowind some. I, I didn't get into it a whole lot, but I played Morrowind, so I knew of Elder Scrolls, and I was excited for this. Um, I didn't have an Xbox at the time, and I didn't have a computer that could run it. But thankfully, one of my best friends had an Xbox. So, Or, I mean, a 360, I should say. And so the, when it came out, we got it, and we must have played it pretty much every single day for hours on end for at least a few weeks. We just took turns doing our different characters, and it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced, and I've loved it ever since. What about you? The first time I played it was at my my good friend, Mr. AKQ's house, and, um, you know, just from there I fell in love with it because I really love sandbox-type games. I was a big, I was a huge Grand Theft Auto fan. You know, at the time I was, you know, really hardcore into Final Fantasy. And, you know, when I played this, I was just like, wow, this is like combining, you know, everything I love into one game. You know, it's like the the openness of Grand Theft Auto and, you know, the fantasy, you know, it's just, it, it blew me away, man. It was, it was just like magic to me, <laughs> like literally. <laughs> yeah. I just fell in love with the game from there, and you know, just the fact that it's 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 just so big, so open. Those like so many missions, it's like never ending, you know. So I mean, this was actually the first game I got when um when I bought my PlayStation Three, because um you know that's how I en- entered this generation. Um, that was my first next generation console, the PlayStation Three, and this was the first game I bought with it. 
So, you know, and I, I spent months playing that game and I still have a couple things that I want to finish off. So, you know, I still want to go back and do a couple things on that before Skyrim comes out. But, um, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to say what exactly, you know, I love about this game. It's just, it's so many different elements. But, um, yeah. I mean, you know, no game is perfect and, you know, every game has its issues. So what, what would you say are the main issues with Oblivion? Um, okay. First, I would say some people might say this is a good thing. Some might say they don't really mind. To me, it bothers me sometimes. The um, fact that the game sort of levels with you. So, for example, you would exit the sewer at the beginning. You would begin to do the main quest. And once you reach, you know, level 15 to 20, you'll start to notice that pretty much every, everywhere you go, enemies become harder. They begin to wear better armor, which is good as far as the challenge and sort of difficulty of the game goes. It keeps it consistent. But the problem with for me is that it sort of takes away uh, the feeling that you're becoming this strong warrior that's a legend in the area because everyone you fight is going to present pretty much the same challenge and all the bandits and the sort of people that are supposed to be just random thugs on the side of the street have armor that could be better than yours. Yeah, for so me, they kind of break so, some of the immersion. Yeah, because it's like, you know, you're building up this this what you want to be a badass character and you know it's just like it's there's no point because I mean no matter what you do your enemies are going to be equal to you so I mean you could be trying the hardest to you know um increase all your stats and build up your character make him the best character he can be he or she Mm -hmm. can be but you know in the end it doesn't matter because your enemies will always be equal to you so yeah or, or better than you so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, another problem was, you know, um, the voice acting. There wasn't too many voice actors in the game. A lot of people sounded the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is this is an issue that I've seen a lot of people talk about on forums and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it the, the the way to play this game is on the PC. If you have the PC version, it fixes. You like you can fix a lot of the issues that are wrong with this game. But, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, we, we have to analyze the game for what it is, like the standard version of the game. So mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Uh, um, Another problem with the voices that I know yeah. is that um, I don't know if this happens with every character or any type of character, but for the beggars, you can notice a change in their voice. Like whenever you first start talking to them. <clears throat> it'll have an elderly voice. Yeah, yeah, I know. Talking like a young, spry, twenty-two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I know it's that like midway through a conversation, like their voice will just get deeper, or like they'll sound yeah. older, like twenty-five years older, or something. It's like, yeah, what the hell. <laughs> um, anything else you can think of? Uh, yeah. Um, for one thing, it's the environment and sort of just overall look of the game it it's very pretty and it definitely sort of is what you think a fantasy world would look like but at the same time there's not much variation every town kind of sort of has the same feeling every single cave has the same exact look everything can get a little repetitive as far as the looks of the game go in my opinion yeah i mean you know i like i i learned to you know really 
immerse myself in these games. But mm-hmm. for the average gamer, you know, they they will get bored of this type of game real quick because, you know, I mean, once you've gone in a couple caves and you've been to a couple towns and, you know, you've done a couple quests, you know, I mean, it, it's just going to start to seem like the same to them, you know, and, and plus the story. Um, this is another thing that a lot of people talk about when it comes to Elder Scrolls. Uh, the the storyline isn't too immersive, you know, because um, you're you're taking it at your own pace, so the story isn't it isn't built around everything you do in the game, you know, because it's open. So yeah, yeah, you can easily lose track of what the main story even is, which I mean is it's sort of a testament to how much there is to do, but at the same time. If you if you can easily stop caring about the main storyline, that's not really a good thing either. Yeah, I, I remember um, when I first got the game, I didn't even do the story. You know, I, like I just like once I go out of prison, I just did side quests. I I didn't even start the main mission like for oh, yeah. for a long time. I can't even count the amount of times that I would, you know, start going towards the location of a quest that I had to finish, find a cave. Decide to go back to town to sell stuff, talk to somebody, get a new quest, and then forget what I was doing in the first place. Yeah, that's that's so easy to do in this game, and you know that's probably one of the things that annoy people the most. So, I mean, how would you rank this game in the Elder Scrolls series? Would you say that it's the best, or you know, so far, or would you say you know there's other games in the series that are better than Oblivion? Uh, for me personally, Oblivion's at the top. I can understand why a lot of people put Morrowind above it, but I never got into Morrowind as much as this one. I think part of that might have been because I never really had much of a computer. Um, I had Morrowind, I played it some, but just I had computer problems, so I wasn't able to enjoy it. Uh, as far as improvements over Morrowind goes, the combat of Morrowind is just very difficult to enjoy because... It's like a mixture of action RPG combat like Oblivion has and turn-based combat like an MMO has. So you could be swinging at an enemy and it looks like you're hitting them, but you'll never actually connect. And it's very frustrating. Um, but Morrowind has a lot of things that Oblivion doesn't. It's, you know, the environments are more varied. There's, I think, at least five or six more skills. There's... All of your armor is individually equipped, so you could have like a different left and right glove, different left and right boot, different left and right pauldron. It's the the, the level of detail is much higher, I think. Yeah, I, I go agree with you 100 percent there, because um, you know, obviously I played Oblivion first, you know, uh, and after that, you know, I went back and played Morrowind, but because I'd already played Oblivion and you know it was like new tech basically. Mm-hmm. You know, I just it, I just found it hard to really get into Morrowind as much as I did Oblivion, but um, like you said, I mean Morrowind has much more detail, you know, as far as the game goes. But it's just the fact that you know it's just it, it's one of those things where it's just hard to go back to it, you know, once you've played the the newest game. I mean, I'm sure when Morrowind first came out and people were playing it then, and you know Oblivion wasn't out yet. I'm pretty sure that, you know, it must have been an amazing experience. But, you know, it's just the fact that I got into Elder Scrolls late, so, you know. Yeah, same here. I was kind of spoiled. Have you, have you tried Daggerfall? No, I haven't. Um, 
I'm ashamed to say that, you know, I haven't tried any other of the Elder Scrolls games besides Moral Women and Oblivion. Okay, you should give Daggerfall a try because it's, you can get it free off of the Elder Scrolls site. And, um, it's, if you think playing Morrowind now is difficult, you don't even know. Daggerfall <laughs> is, it's, if it were playable in my eyes, then I think it would be amazing. Because it has even more depth than Morrowind does. It's, it's crazy. But, yeah, it's old, it's very outdated, it's very difficult to... Well, what year is that from? Uh, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. I want to say, like, sort of late 90s, something like that, probably. And Wikipedia says 96, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, since it's free, I might give it a go sometime. You know, just play around with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, you guys should give these games a try, too. Definitely. Anything that's mentioned here is quality... Because it has been approved by both of us. Yeah. You know, moving on to the next segment, you know, uh, it's more Elder Scrolls. Because uh, the next segment is our upcoming segment where we talk about upcoming RPGs that are not out yet, but they're coming in the future. So, firstly, we're going to talk about Skyrim. And, like, the first time I saw the, the trailer for this game, I was just like, wow, I was speechless, you know. Yeah, that was the teaser trailer. Now that there's a gameplay trailer, I, I get it. I get so excited when I see that. Yeah, I mean, oh God. in my eyes, this is going to be the game of the year. You know, you can't even tell me anything different. Like this game is just going to kick ass. Especially so, since Mass Effect Three is delayed. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, so how how do you think it's going to change the series for the better or the worse? Uh, for the better, I would definitely have to say that, um, first of all, Oblivion was sort of brought the Elder Scrolls series into the mainstream. A lot of people didn't really know about it before then because it went on to consoles and everything. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, Morrowind was on, was on the Xbox, so that was later. But for Skyrim, I think, it's just taking pretty much everything you know about the Elder Scrolls series and making it better for the player. For example, the like the new Radiant story system that they're employing. So uh, the way it operates is, for example, you could go through a town and you could come across an NPC that might be talking about something and you might hear him mention that something was stolen from another NPC. And if you come across that object, you can choose to return it to them or you can do sort of whatever you want. If one of the NPCs involved in the quest dies then instead of just making the quest no longer available, the game will sort of analyze who you've spoken to, what you've done, who you've interacted with, and assign the rest of that quest to appropriate characters. And oh, wow. Yeah, so what this does is, like, I could play the game as a fighter and have a quest where I had to go into a certain cave and retrieve a certain object, and then you could play the game as a mage and have a totally different experience because the reward could be different based on how you played the game. The people you interact with could be different based on how you played the game. And even the quest itself could be different, but according to the engine, it all started at the same spot. And so the game just adapts to you. Wow, that's that's incredible, man. Like, I mean, this is role-playing at its best right here. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, one thing I'm super excited about is the combat, because in Oblivion and all the other games, you could, like, equip a weapon to your hand, you know, it would be one or two-handed, and then you could equip a shield if it was a one-handed weapon, etc. This one allows you to equip a different weapon to each of your hands. So each hand is separately equipable. In your left hand, you could have a dagger. your right hand, you could have a sword. You could have two swords in each hand. You could have a shield in one hand, a weapon in another hand, or you could have one spell in one hand, a shield in the other hand, or two different spells. And so it just allows you to mix and match it to exactly how you like to play. Man, that sounds incredible. Like, it's just hearing about this now, Oblivion kind of seems limited now, like... <laughs> From, yeah. from what you're telling me that Skyrim has, it's like, wow, imagine if this yeah. stuff would have been in Oblivion. Exactly, because, so, so. you know, whenever you, whenever you talk about quests in Oblivion with your friends, you're like, oh, hey, did you do that one vampire quest? Oh, yeah, the one where you had to go do this. But whenever you talk about it with Skyrim, it'll be, hey, did you ever find that blank blank? Oh, no, instead I had this experience. And, you know, that, that adds to the replay value as well, because, you know, you might want to, see what your friends saw so you know you might go back and try new things with the game to see what happens yeah and uh another great thing of course is the addition of dragons yeah i was gonna i was gonna mention that like yeah that's probably one of the main highlights the cool thing about them is is that they are not pre-scripted none of the none of the battles are pre-scripted except for maybe like a few boss battles i would guess but the dragons just live in the environment, and you can run across them at any point. Wow. So, I mean, you could just be exploring and then get attacked by a dragon and then just have this epic battle with a dragon. Right? Or oh. epic chase where you frantically run away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about, like, can you have any companions and stuff? Because in the Fallout series... Um, you know, which is also Bethesda. You know, um, they put a lot of emphasis on companions and stuff. So, I mean, will you be alone in this experience, or can you have companions? I actually don't know the answer to that. I would hope that they would add companions. I don't see why not. Yeah, because I mean, it kind of it kind of makes you feel a bit lonely, like you know, exploring the world and and you come across a dragon, you got to fight it all by yourself, like. Well, you, you in, oblivion, you, in oblivion, you always had the adoring fan, of course. I, I used to kill him like, all the time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone did. <laughs> but, so is there anything in particular you're excited about for Skyrim specifically? Um, I mean, no, I'm I'm just happy it's coming out, really. Because yeah, I'm just incredibly biased towards this series now because I had such a great time with Oblivion. So, you know, I'm just happy that another game's coming out. Because I've been waiting for this for a long time. Like, you know, once Oblivion kind of wore off a little bit, I was like, man, well, I imagine what's going to be in the next game. Oh, I yeah. know. So I'm just happy it's, it's finally coming out now. And um, I'm going to keep a close eye on, you know, all the, the new interviews and dev diaries and, you know, all the new information that comes out for this game from here on yeah but, definitely so is there anything else you want to say before we move on to the next upcoming game uh not really but all I have really have to say I guess is if this game lives up to the expectations and it actually implements all the things that it's promising I firmly believe that this could be one of the greatest games ever made in my book 
Yeah, I agree. Definitely game of the year. People are saying, you know, it's going to be Batman, it's going to be Modern Warfare 3, it's going to be Battlefield 3, it's going to be this and that. No, it's going to be Skyrim. Yeah, Elder <laughs> Scrolls, you get one of those maybe every half decade. You get a new shooter every half month. So, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give Batman some leeway, like, cause you know, I mean, they they did a great job with Arkham Asylum, and you know that that is a that that is going to be a great game, I believe. But I mean, oh, in my eyes, Skyrim is going to be game of the year this year. I agree. Okay, so moving on, um, next uh, upcoming game we're going to speak on is Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. So, um, why should we keep our eye on this game, David? Uh, well, first off, uh, this game is looking to be pretty amazing based on the videos and sort of trailers and gameplay demos I've seen. It's very action-heavy RPG, but uh, most importantly, you have to look at the people behind it because this game is pretty much it's stacked when it comes to the people involved in making it. It has a uh, Kurt Schilling with 38 Studios. The he was a former baseball player. He's a huge RPG fan, sort of backing it in the financial department. It's got uh, Ken Rolston, who was a, an executive designer for the Elder Scrolls series, which we were just talking about. Oh, it's wow. got uh, Todd McFarlane, who's you know creative creator of Spawn. Uh, you know he's great at creating in really in-depth stories and worlds and. Most interestingly, uh, R.A. Salvatore, who's a very, very big name fantasy author. He's wrote many books around the New York Times bestseller list, as far as I'm aware. Uh, so he's really involved in the writing and sort of creation of the story and everything. And, uh, yeah. When, when is this game coming out? Uh, I don't think it has a release date yet. I think right now it's just 2012. Okay. It's, uh, gonna be coming to 360, PC, and PS3. And, uh,. Ken Rolson came out of retirement just to work on it. He retired after Oblivion, and he came out just so that he could make this game because he's so excited about it. Uh, so this is, you know, set to be a, a big deal, basically, like a big franchise. Yeah, they're setting it up to, you know, be another huge RPG, you know, fantasy-themed world. And it's looking like they have the people in place, just whether or not they can deliver Okay. Um, what what information is out so far? Are there any videos or screenshots or anything like that? Yeah, there uh, there's quite a few uh, videos. There's uh, some trailers. There recently there were some uh, gameplay videos released from the from PAX. There are some videos that that I've seen. Uh, it's it's looking pretty good. I mean, the combat seems to flow well. The graphics are very colorful it really pops it's very distinct it doesn't look like you know just your you know average ordinary fantasy game it has its distinct style so i definitely go keep an eye on that one um look out for more on it on the coalition.com as well and uh that concludes our upcoming segment so we're gonna wrap up the show now i hope you guys enjoyed the first show Please do give us your feedback in the comments. I'm going to set up an email address as well. So you guys could, you know, email us your feedback or your letters or comments or anything you want. You know, also the, the next episode will be in two weeks, like I said earlier. And we'll have a special guest, Richard Bailey from coalition.com. 
who frequents on the co-op podcast. You know, he will be on the show next time and, you know, we'll be talking about Mass Effect a little bit because that's one of his favorite games and my favorite games. So it should be an interesting show. And uh you have any announcements or plugs, David? Uh, no, not really. I'm just, you know, happy to be part of the site. Like I said, I'm new here. I've only been here a few weeks. I've, uh, you know, contributed writing some articles and I'm happy to be part of this. I won't be able to be here next episode, but... I hope to frequent the show and let everyone get to know me. All right, cool. And that was our first turn base. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, leave your comments. Let us know what we're doing wrong, what we're doing right. And, um, yeah, I hope hopefully over the months, you know, we'll pick up a lot of listeners and stuff. Because I think there are a lot of role-playing, role-playing gamers out there who, you know, who this podcast will cater to. So until next time. This is Gary A. Swaby. And this is David Jagno. And we're out. Peace.